For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Uh, on the hotline right now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's go to Evan Winter. What's up, Evan? How are you, buddy? What's up, Johnny? It's Friday night. I'm talking Bucks preseason football with you. I don't think I could be doing much better. <laughs> I know. It's awesome. Uh, now, am I wrong for having little to no care for this game tomorrow because we're not going to see any starters at all? I know there's going to be some position battles at play here, but, I mean, am I the only one? Do you, or do you think most of the fans are a little apathetic when it comes to this preseason game? Yeah, I wouldn't blame them for being apathetic, and I can see why a lot would be, especially since the starters at least had one drive uh, in the game against the Bengals a week ago. So you totally get why there's apathy on the table. However, there's plenty of storylines to still watch in this game, uh, plenty of players who are still fighting for jobs. You know, a guy like Javon Hagen, who just made some really incredible plays last week. Uh, you know, so but at the end of the day, I can understand the apathy. Yeah, and you know, and, and, and I'm I'm glad you said that. Um, you put an article out today on BucksReport.com. Five bucks to watch against the Titans on Saturday night, and this is the kind of great, great journalism we need in the preseason to find that little silver lining of interest for people that want to tune into the game. And look, Bucks fans are still going to watch the game. I'm still going to watch the game. I'm I'm going to DVR it because I I have a comedy show I got to do while the game is being played. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go home, you know tomorrow night late and watch the game and and go over it like I'm some defensive coordinator, you know, scheming for a team that's never going to play. Um but but yeah, I really love that that you you gave us this article and and uh you you mentioned Javon Hagen and he is one of those guys that really flashed uh last week but also made some real real dumb you know, moves too. It's one of those things where you go, Oh my God, he intercepted the ball. Oh my God. He threw the ball away. Oh, what's going on with Javon Hagan? So, um, besides him, you put these other players on there, kind of give our, our listeners a, a little, a little heads up on, you know, not only the players in your article, but maybe somebody you forgot to put in there, or you just didn't do more than five in your article, uh, that they can, they can look out for tomorrow night that, that, that are maybe bubble players or maybe somebody that's that, uh, you know, could be a, uh, you know, a real contributor during the season. Honestly, out of all of them, Elijah Ponder really intrigues me. Uh, watching him outside linebacker, he's a defensive end coming out of college, but he's more of an outside linebacker type body. And he actually had a really decent game against the Bengals last week. He led the team with two pressures. He actually had a quarterback hit, and he was only one of two defenders to both register a quarterback hit and a pressure in that game. Uh, so he's somebody to look out for, especially when you consider Cam Gill's injury misfortunes. Cam Gill really came on towards the end of last year. I was, for one, was excited to see what he could do in the preseason. But obviously, he's been held out for most of training camp, and he obviously hasn't played the preseason yet. So if the Bucks do decide to carry five outside linebackers, it's going to be interesting to see who fills that spot. But uh, Brad Sitton has a great chance at reclaiming his spot from Nick Leverett. Nick Leverett did not have a good game last week. Uh, 
and now Brad Sitton, even Bruce Arians said uh, a couple days ago that he needs to have a big game. This is a big game for him. And then you've got guys like Gio Bernard. I'm honestly intrigued to see how the Bucks continue to use him. Obviously, he'll be on third down, but right. you know, you could you could argue for an expanded role for him at the end of the day, and not just be that third down back, not just be that obvious passing down back. Because Leonard Fournette's had a pretty mild camp. Ronald Jones mm-hmm. is still Ronald Jones, so he's been playing well. It wouldn't really hurt to you know increase Geo's snap share at the end of the day, but then obviously. Uh, another guy is Javon Hagan. But in terms of guys that I didn't put on that list, I think Terrell Adams has a real good shot to make some plays because obviously Cody, or not Cody McElroy, but Tanner Hudson is not going to play in this game. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, a guy like Nate Brooks, who's really improved over these last couple of practices, he's somebody to watch out for as well. Yeah, and, and it's funny, going back to Giovanni Bernard, I was having this conversation uh, a few days ago about him. I think everybody, when they when they think Giovanni Bernard, they just think, oh, he's the guy that Tom Brady's going to throw a dump pass to on third down. But the guy throughout his career has really ran the ball very well, you know, in, in between the tackles. Like, uh, you know, he's he's a very, very good, like kind of a one-cut type of back. He, he, can, he can get four, you know, you know, a little over four yards of carry if you give him enough carries. And he's really not that old. I think people think he's this old old guy. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I think maybe uh, expanding his role a little bit. You know, I think we'll probably see a ton of Keyshawn Vaughn in the next two games because they want to give this guy some reps. But, yeah, I think I think they're kind of they're, they're laying low with what, what Giovanni could really, really bring to the table. And a lot of people don't know because he's been sitting – you know, on a on a Bengals team that nobody watches their games. You know, so yeah, I think I think he's a, he's got a lot more range than people think. Well, in terms of his age and production and all that stuff, he's also never really been the lead back. There were a couple seasons where he was the default lead back due to injuries on the Bengals, but he's always split time, so he still has plenty of mileage left and all that good stuff. And I mean, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see what he does. I mean, I mean, hell, his his two catches last year, you know, his, or last week rather, went both went for first downs, and one was a nine yard reception on the third down and eight, and the other one was a third down conversion as well. So, just clutch stuff all around, and you got to be excited for what he's doing on the field right now. Yeah, he's definitely an, an awesome uh, addition to the team, and and uh, yeah, to see how they use him, and and I really think even even as a decoy, you know, on third down, you know, it, it'd be just enough to, to distract that middle linebacker to go, oh crap, we don't want this guy. Kind of like uh, Kamara does, you know, when you play New Orleans, you always got to be worried about this guy uh, burning you. So he's going to be one of those guys that you know we may be able to use, you know, to kind of pull the safety or pull that linebacker up on third down and, oh, look at there, O.J. Howard's wide open. Or look at there, you know, uh, Cameron Brait's wide open. So, I mean, it, there's a lot of ways to use this guy, and I'm pretty excited about it. And I, they, you know, I, I 100% uh, believe that they, they have all kinds of plans to utilize this guy to, to their advantage to open up, uh, you know, other parts of the offense. So, yeah, I think he's, I think he's awesome. So, uh, we touched on Hagen on the defense. Um, you know, that's something that I, I'm going to be looking at the safeties tomorrow. Is there besides Hagen, who should we be looking at uh, as far as defensive backs, like guys that really need to fight for a spot? Mike Edwards, he's not fighting for a spot, but he's just looked out of this world so far throughout camp. The reports of him throughout camp have said the same. 
And then also he looked really good uh, in limited action against the Bengals last week. Um, but in terms of cornerbacks, Nate Brooks, like I mentioned earlier, Antonio Hamilton, see if he can, mm-hmm. can build off that strong performance from last week. And you got to think right now, the fifth cornerback position, the Bucks are, I'm about 90% sure they're going to carry five cornerbacks on the roster. Um, he's he's almost a lock to win it right now. It's his job to lose. So how much can he build off of last week? And then really, Herb Miller, I mean, you know, he's more of a practice squad guy, but he showed a little spunk against the Titans in the last couple of practices. So, you know, let's see what he can do. But I would definitely, in terms of like, majority of my attention it would be javon egg and mike edwards um, antonio brooks or sorry antonio hamilton and nate brooks all right yeah so that, that'll be guys that i look for there um and as far as receivers it really looks like what we expected is what is going to be happening right like uh yeah. pearson got cut you know i mean it, it, scotty miller is locked in at the at that number four um, you know, you got Tyler Johnson, you got, you know, it really doesn't look like there's going to be any surprises there unless they keep one extra receiver than we expected. If they keep seven receivers, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I can't see that happening. Um, especially with them keeping, uh, the expanded, you know, uh, practice squad, uh, do you see anybody that might be a bubble guy? I mean, could, does it look like, you know, it, it's uh, it's over with for Justin Watson? What's going on with the, with the end of the rope there for the receivers there? So right now, I would think the Bucks carry seven receivers just because Jaden Mickens has had a really strong camp and he had a mm. couple of really nice grabs during the Bengals game. Plus, I don't know for sure. I haven't read anything on it either. But I don't know if Jalen Darden has really – done anything to prove himself as the kick returner and granted Mickens was listed both ahead of Darden on the first initial depth chart which obviously we're not taking too much away from the depth chart but he was also listed ahead of Darden in terms of kick returner and punt returner so right Right. now and and Mickens out of all the people who had kick returns against the Bengals he definitely had the best return now punt returns are a different story but he had the best kick return out of all the guys who had attempts on uh, last week. So I don't know right now. It feels like Mickens is that guy for the wide receiver seven spot. And I feel like Ross Cockrell's uh, versatility at safety is going to play a big role in saving the bucks a roster spot at the end of the day. But yeah, in terms of, in terms of Justin Watson, Scott Reynolds, a Peter report, we talked about this at camp when I was, whenever I was down there, he brought up a good, really good point. The fact that Watson's on the PUP right now, might actually spell good for him and actually help him make this team because mm-hmm. if the Bucks put him on PUP uh, to start the season, obviously he can't come back for the first six weeks. Well, it's the NFL, injuries everywhere. There's a great shot that Justin Watson might just have to come back to the team because they might be down a couple of receivers. So it could be a blessing in disguise. You never know. Yeah, and he, he, you know, he's not around to, to, you know, to look bad. So that's good, you know. <laughs> and I know, I know, he's always been a stud on special teams. And you know, Arians is one of those coaches that that preaches special teams, uh, you know, over and over again. So I know it's a, it's a something that's always on his mind. And and we've we've been shaky over the last, I don't know, decade on special teams. And and I and I know that's they don't want to lose a good special teams player. And and I know they drafted Mister Irrelevant to be a special teams guy, but uh, he he looked he looked average at best. Uh, against the Bengals, right. we'll see what he looks like too. So, 
Fun fact for the day, uh, I don't know if you remember Vernon Golston. He was like the number six overall pick by the New York Jets about 10, 15 yeah. years ago. Justin uh-huh. Watson has more career sacks than Vernon Golston does. Oh, my <laughs> Lord, have mercy. That is hilarious. <laughs> that is great. Uh, we're talking to Evan Winter, if you're just tuning in, uh, a writer, a reporter at BucksReport.com. Follow him on social media, Evan underscore Winter. Uh, so this game, the Titans, and then we got this game next week um, against the Texans. We go to Houston. Um, do we know what to expect there? Are starters going to play in that game, or are they going to sit two games out in a row before this opening game against Kansas City? It sounds like the starters are going to play in this one uh, because Arians made a really good point that they're not playing the next week, so it would be two weeks until the actual game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but if Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott's not playing, who knows? <laughs> no, I say that tongue-in-cheek. But, um, you know, I would expect a heavy dose of the starters against the Texans. But at the same time, I don't know if that's going to be the same feeling from the Texans because they actually shut down their preseason – or, sorry, their uh, OTAs in minicamp earlier in the offseason. And then also you've got the whole investigation going on with Deshaun Watson that the FBI just joined in. So wow. highly doubt he's going to be playing. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Bucks starters are going to be playing, but I cannot say the same for the Texans. Yeah, I mean, it it does seem like, uh, you know, that first game against Kansas City can't come quick enough. I mean, you know, it's it's cool and all to see real football being played, but, man, preseason is garbage, and I think everybody feels that way. Last year kind of proved that we really don't need preseason as much as we used to think we, you know, needed it. Um, you know, these, these scrimmages against the Titans, you know, uh, the coaches seem to agree that they get a lot more out of those than they do, you know, from an actual preseason game. What do you think? Do you think that, you know, in in the future that we could see preseason basically go away, maybe one game, and see a lot more just uh, inner inner uh, squad scrimmages like like we've seen in the past? Yeah, well, the hot topic right now is they're eventually going to push the season to 18 games and just two preseason games. And then probably add a couple, add another week of the inter squad scrimmages like we saw this past week. But at the same time, and I'm not trying to bring up, you know, harsh feelings or anything like that for anybody out there who might feel this way about yesterday or, yeah, today's Friday. Yeah, yesterday. Um, But if you've got people like Antonio Brown decking other players in the face, then Uh I don't know if they're going to be putting those scrimmages up very often because obviously you can't have that going on uh, during the practices. So if players keep punching each other, then I don't know what the NFL plans on doing. However, I can definitely see them shorting, shortening the preseason to uh, two games here in the, in the near future. Yeah. I was going to ask you about the Antonio Brown thing because uh, they kind of swept it under the rug a little bit yesterday. Arian. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, he said that, you know, he wasn't swinging. He was swatting at flies. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, But, but, these seem to be pretty common in these uh, scrimmages. Uh, I know, I think there was an actual boxing match at, I think, at a Giants uh, scrimmage today. I think I saw a report where they were they were, they were were looking like, uh, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard out there, like really swinging real punches. And uh, I think, you know, and I thought about this, you know, instead of just canceling these scrimmages, just treat it like a, like a game. If somebody swings on somebody, you know, you got to give them a fine, maybe give them a suspension, and that'll probably quell some of that craziness but from what the coaches are saying 
I think they kind of, even though they, they say they don't like it, I think they like to see the fire from their team. I, I think, you know, they, they, they appreciate the competitive nature of it, but they obviously don't want to see anybody get hurt. But, uh, yeah, I, I think maybe down the line that the NFL just treats it like if you were to swing on somebody on Monday Night Football, what would happen? You know, you'd probably get, you know, suspended for a game or more and probably $50,000, something like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy, but uh, it seems to be happening every year. I remember, you know, some big, big fights during these scrimmages. Even 10, 15 years ago, you always saw these things happen. So, I don't know. I kind of like it myself. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's football at the end of the day. I mean, and plus you're in 106-degree heat index <laughs> weather out there, you know, just getting the crap beat out of you every single play. And honestly, if it wasn't Antonio Brown, there would be no reason for any kind of extended conversation. It would just be right. kind of boys will be boys type of mentality. But at the same time, you got them, you know, ripping off dudes' helmet, then punching them at, in the same mm-hmm. sequence. And like I said, no reason for concern. At the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he pops off like that during the season. You just hope it doesn't happen. And yeah, I mean, even during the the uh, Ravens, I think Eagles scrimmage, maybe it was whoever the Ravens was scrimmaging here lately. Punches were thrown during that. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you don't want to see it. Um, it's not something that should happen, but at the same time, it's part of the game and it's bound to happen. Uh, you just hope it doesn't happen during a time where it matters. Right, exactly. Yeah, you don't want to you want to lose a player, uh, whether it's you know injury or suspension. You don't want to see it get come to that point. You know, I don't mind a good shoving match. You know, you maybe get a, a bench clearing uh, shoving match, but yeah, obviously you don't want to see them uh, turning turning into actual criminals and and uh, physically assaulting people uh, out of the <laughs> out of the guidelines of the rules. Yeah, you don't want that at all. Um, I had a listener chime in with a question for you and. And I think this is something that a lot of people are kind of wondering. Um, and, you know, obviously this would be an opinion, uh, but, you know, an educated opinion because you're paying attention. Um, when it comes to the quarterback situation, you know, uh, Trask looked – he didn't look great last week. But, you know, in his defense, he's, you know, he's throwing the ball to, you know, guys that aren't probably going to make the team. And, he's, you know, he's also, you know, being protected by guys that, you know, probably won't, you know, make the team unless they make the practice squad. Uh, but the question from uh, Ryan Baker, one of our top listeners, was um, do, do, do you think – the the Bucks are they you know they think the future of their team is actually on the team, or are they looking to draft somebody in the next two years, or maybe even go the route that they just went and just pick up another veteran, you know, after Tom Brady decides to move on, you know, to to whatever his next venture is, no telling what. But uh, what do you what do you think there? I mean, I I have an opinion on it. I know a lot of us do, you know, um, but but what do you think? Right now, I do think they believe Kyle Trask is the future. I do think that they think the future is on this roster. Everything they say, everything they've done so far backs it up, and it's going to prove even more so whenever they put Ryan Griffin on the practice squad, even though he's been the third-string quarterback mm. you know, the entire preseason so far. Uh, they're going to bump Kyle Trask up so that way nobody you know, swoops him off the practice squad and makes them, you know, his their quarterback. 
But now, granted, let's say, God forbid this happens, but let's say Tom Brady goes out, gets injured this year, the Bucs just don't have enough to, to be competitive. I highly doubt that's going to be the case, even if Tom Brady goes down at the end of the day. But let's just say disaster strikes, and this team goes 3-13, and 2-14, and 14, and they're picking top three next year. I really don't see why, if they're in position to take an elite quarterback, maybe like a Sam Howell, that's just like kind of the first name that pops in my head, um, I don't see why they wouldn't do so because at the end of the day, not only is it going to make Kyle, Bat- Kyle Trask a better player by increasing his competition, but they're also going to have a set plan in case Kyle Trask doesn't work out. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty much where I'm at on it too. I don't think they invest that high of a draft pick, even though they you know they went into the draft really having all this uh, room for luxury picks. But still, they, you know, in the second round, you can grab so many great depth pieces that aren't quarterbacks. So for them to go out, you know, and 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 take a shot at him there, I don't think. The, the idea was just a throwaway idea. I, I, I agree with you. I think they want to try to develop this guy for the future. And, yeah, if it doesn't work out, it wasn't a top-ten pick. It was a second-round pick. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him get some reps with the starters. That would be kind of nice. Or even maybe, you know, the, the second string to see how he would look in that situation. Um, and, I, and I was thinking about this, too. He might get an opportunity, you know, what do you think? Like, remember last year when, when they were just destroying the Lions and they put Gabbard in in, what, the second quarter? I mean, it was, you know, he played the rest of the game, and I think he had a couple touchdowns at least. Um, maybe in the season, if we're stomping a mud hole in, in another team, maybe instead of Gabbard, maybe, uh, you know, Leftwich wants to see, you know, Trask play a half with uh with the starters if we're you know beating Atlanta by 40 at halftime or something I don't know do you think that might be an option because I think we all know what Blaine Gabbert can do I mean based off of what we saw last week I know Kyle Trask's stat line was not impressive at all but just in terms in terms of what he did last week in terms of decision making the throws he made all that other stuff he played pretty well and I honestly think as I said a second ago the Bucks are already going to make him the third-string quarterback by the time the season rolls around. They should go ahead and promote him to third string and let him get reps with a little bit of better players instead of the you know four stringers and stuff like that. Um, but in terms of getting in during an actual game, he's probably going to be inactive on game days, if I had to guess, because right. really you only yeah. carry two quarterbacks and you got your emergency guy. But now if something happens, I mean, remember Gabbard got hurt before the 2019 uh-huh. season even started and ended up on IR, so – who knows? He could get vaulted into a position like that. And then, sure, if it comes to a point where it's on down the line in the season and the Bucks are, you know, just molly whopping some opponent um, and it's, you know, just crazy far ahead, then, yeah, go ahead, plug him in, see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, because it's like, I, you're right, his stat line wasn't great, but he had some he had some bad receivers drop a couple passes and the thing that i was concerned about when i saw his pro day with florida is i didn't see arm strength you know like i i wanted to see you know that zach wilson slinging the ball down the field and i didn't really see it in that pro day and i didn't really watch too many of his games with florida but in that preseason in that game last week he seemed to have a lot more zip on the ball. He overthrew a couple guys on fly pad. I think he overthrew Darden on a on a on a long pass, 
And I was like, damn, Darden's fast, and he really aired that ball out. <laughs> and, it, and it gave me some hope. I was like, okay, Trask, I see you now. You know, like – and I really think it's funny too, but you know, with the how many Gators fans obviously live in in the Tampa Bay area, for him to come out there in the fourth quarter and get a, like a standing ovation from the fans, I thought was pretty funny, you know. But uh, you know, it, it, I guess it's a sentimental pick, and you know, I I did, you know, I've never really been a Gators fan. I grew up a Florida State fan, but I'm I'm not a hater, you know. I, I appreciate good players, and I hope he does well. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that was an, an interesting question from uh from one of our listeners. Uh, because I I kind of like the uh, I kind of like the game plan of going and getting another another you know old guy that wants to win a Super Bowl you know wh- whether it's Aaron Rodgers in in a year you know because we know it's up in the air there in Green Bay or or you never know it could be you know somebody like a Russell Wilson somebody like that you know it's up in their mid 30s that wants to come down to Tampa you know buy a nice house on Davis Island and win a Super Bowl so i don't know i don't know the, what they plan on doing but it'll be interesting seeing it play out 100% and going back to Trask uh if anybody just wants you know just a whole bunch of hope for him for the future just look at the throws he made to Josh Pearson which Pearson couldn't uh couldn't right. hold on. He he dropped it going out of bounds, and then watch the throw he made to Travis Johnson, where Travis Johnson couldn't keep his feet in bounds. That you know should have both of those should have been caught. Uh, just watch those throws, and just you'll be like, okay, I, I've got hope. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny too because I saw on when I watched the, the replay, I, they they showed Bruce Arians' face when Pearson dropped that pass. And it wasn't. It, it it couldn't have been more than fourteen hours later. He was cut. So was cut. you just yep. know. Yep. You just know Arians looked over at somebody and went, "His ass is off this team." And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. It's crazy. I know when I coached youth football, I wish I would have had the power to do that to some of these kids, but I just couldn't. They paid their damn dues and they had to stay the whole season. Uh, so that's the NFL and that's Bruce Arians. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Evan, uh, I, I, man, this has been awesome. I appreciate. I don't want to keep you all night long. Um, everybody, go check out Evan. Uh, everything he does on Twitter. He's great on Twitter. Evan underscore winter. BucksReport.com. You should be already uh, bookmarking that on your web browser so you could see Evan's uh, write-ups and all that stuff. Uh, man, it's awesome having you on the team, dude, and I really appreciate your phone calls, man. Right back to you, Johnny. I appreciate you having me. All right, buddy. Well, have a great weekend, and go Bucks. <laughs> there you go. There he goes. There you go. He's off. winter, everybody. That's my man. Uh, Dude, he's good. He's great. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.